The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast, where today we radiate flow with Tom Shepard, who is the author of Money Isn't Everything, Everything is Money. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tom. I appreciate having you on. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. So I love the topic here because I do believe that energy and money are pretty much synonymous. So can you talk to us about what this book is about and why you wrote it? Sure. A lot of years ago when I was training young advisors mostly to go out and speak to older people about money, one of the things we discovered is is that people value basically four different things. And one of them is money. And that helps us buy stuff. But the other things we value are time, good health, which is good energy, and good relationships, which comes from good communication. So you have like these currencies, moments, energy, money, and words. And we trade those things to try and get the kind of life we want. And so they all obey the same pattern. And flow is what's supposed to be happening. And when you don't have flow, you get distortion and you get dis-ease and other things that manifest. Oh my gosh. I love that. So money, communication, what were the other currencies? Yeah. So time, <laughs> health and energy, uh-huh. uh, relationships, words, yeah, and money. Money helps us buy the things, but and it's the most visible currency. Like we can see it. It's most manifest. Times and right. You know, words we can hear and we can write them down and we can read them. But yeah. communication is kind of like this mystical thing. It's invisible. There's in also energy. a flow to communication too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then health, of course, there's a flow to that. Yeah. So part of what I think makes this book attractive to people who are not money people even though the cover might scream like money, I don't want to read it. It's full of color. That's a cue that the colors of the chakras, you have different energies with money. Meeting your safety and security needs is like root stuff. Yeah, this Um, is fascinating that you equate this flow with the chakras and energy. How did you come to have an understanding of the energy system? Panic attack. What? There's a story there. In 2008, when the financial crisis was happening, I was reading a pocket classic book to my kids. I was laying in bed and reading A Tale of Two Cities. And the climactic scene at the end is a very bloody, heads rolling kind of scene. And I experienced something in my chest that then had me go downstairs and dial well, first I dialed 411, and then I realized that people who are, aren't familiar, but prior to Google, we used to dial 411 for information. Um, oh, true. <laughs> but then I dialed 911, 
the ambulance came, took me away. When I was at the hospital, the doctor said, you know, tell me what you were experiencing. I said, it was like, you, you ever see the movie Alien? It felt like something was trying to get out of my chest. And so they did some blood work and they came back and they said, you had a panic attack. Oh my goodness. And they were like, next time you come into the hospital and you're talking about aliens, see that door over there? That's the psych ward. <laughs> so, so, you know, they thought I was a little crazy. I finally understood what was happening to me. So I sought out healers, chiropractor, acupuncturist. And my acupuncturist said you should do yin type activities because I was basketball, lacrosse, run, expend energy, go to work, expend energy. And I wasn't doing a good job of filling myself back up. And so I got into doing yoga and Qigong and other practices that helped me see a pattern in a different wellness area that because of the work I'd already done around money and different relationships with it, I was like, holy cow, these are the same thing. Money has to flow through seven different levels the same way energy flows through the chakras. And so it's the same. Yeah. No, when you talk about money has to flow up through seven different levels, what do you mean by that? So there's seven relationships we have to have with money. There's spend it. All of us have to spend it. It's not evil. And we spend it on things, hopefully, that we love and take to take care of the people that we love. Then we need to, to earn it in order to spend it. And I'll get to why we end up looking at that backwards in a second. But spend, earn, save, invest, leverage, give, and take. Those are the seven relationships that people have with money. And it has to flow. If it's not flowing, if you leave something out, then it becomes a distortion. And the assertion in the book is that each individual from birth was wired to prefer one relationship. And if you know what that relationship is, you can see the pattern of their life is swirling around that one relationship. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Can you speak a bit more to that? So the original name for this book was Beyond the Guru, because there's lots of gurus who speak to the importance of a way of relating to money. Like Suze Orman is great with the touchy-feely stuff. And so she works around that kind of idea. Mm -hmm. And she vehemently disagrees with, say, oh, what's his name? Dave Ramsey. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Ramsey's, he's all about debt is evil. Well, why does he think debt is evil? He thinks debt is evil because it almost, it, you know, it bankrupt. He had an experience where he got over leveraged. And so Sue's down here with a very orange, touchy, feely, emotional kind of conversation about money. And Dave's up here in this leverage invest. So someday you might be able to be generous kind of place and they clash, but they don't need to clash. They clash because that's how we entertain people. That's the hook. The, that's the hook. The hook is the clash, you know? And so in order to have a good relationship with money, I can't just be all touchy feely. I need to get out of my feelings into my head, get the thoughts in my head out on a piece of paper. That's work. Some people don't want to do the work. They just end up cycling around and having that same emotional relationship with money. On the leverage side, where Dave's up here in this other chakra, I had a guy who, when we assessed him, was a lever. And it's a quick little assessment, but it's an assessment we do. He got lever. And I asked him, I said, do you give? And he said, no. Well, I do, but it doesn't work. 
I said, what do you mean it doesn't work? And he said, well, I give, but I never get anything back. I said, that's investing. <laughs> the expectation of getting something back is investing. It's really critical that we understand these different relationships, we, that we prefer one. The one that we prefer is the one we cycle around. But if we really want to get unstuck, then we need to experience all seven and we need to do it kind of continuously and over and over. And so we need to have all seven in balance, like chakras? Yeah. So if we've got one relationship. Oh, you've got a chart. Okay. So if you're only watching on YouTube, you'll get this. But if you're listening on audio, please check out the YouTube because there is a chart stuck and unstuck for money. Okay. So walk us through this a little bit, Tom. All right. So here, this one's turned the wrong way. Oh, I see. Yeah. One of the seven relationships is an unbalanced chakra. Yeah. That's a blue investor chakra. So if we don't like to invest because we think it's too risky, then for 15 years, you had your money in a savings account earning 0%. And so you might save the money, but if, until you invest it, it's not really flowing because it's not creating anything coming back to you. I see. So you can't just save money. Although saving money now is an investment again, because it earns 5% after the Federal Reserve's raised interest rates so much. And so cash is now an investment that's creating some flow. And so that's part of what we teach people is your money creating more money. And if it is, and the interest rate that you're earning on your money is greater than any interest rate that you're borrowing, mm -hmm. then keep the flow going. If it's not, then use some of that maybe to pay down some debt or use the flow to deleverage. And so there's an order to it. And the same way you learn music by playing scales, and the same way we have color theory, there's ways to use the medium of money to create amazing things, the same way we can create amazing music or amazing art. Mm. So if we have this one money relationship that we're, like you said, kind of hardwired around when we're born, how can we shift that to have more flow, to get into all seven relationships? Well, in our process, the first thing we do is have you take a seven-question assessment. The very first question is, where do you go to save? Do you go to a bank or do you go to a discount store? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Because that's two different definitions. That's true. But unconsciously, you gravitate toward one of those definitions. Right. So the discount store would be that you are not paying as much as, as you would elsewhere. And then the bank would be like, you just kind of hoard your money. Is that the idea? healthy relationship is not hoarding it, but storing it Okay. for a greater purpose. And there's three reasons that we store money. One is to protect our budget. Mm -hmm. So if we're saving a little bit of money every month, then we're not spending more than we make. And so that becomes the margin. In yoga, we talk about finding the margin, finding the space. You know, don't be afraid of the emptiness, so to speak. And so money just sitting there doing nothing is actually doing something. The other thing it does is it helps us with the ups and downs. So if we have a bit of money and savings and something comes up, we can use that rather than put it on the credit card and start to incur interest rates. So even if it's earning 0%, to use something that's earning 0 is helping us avoid using something that's going to cost us 20%. And then the other reason to have savings is so that you can then have the money to invest, which moves you through the save chakra. So protect, manage, 
pursue investing. And then in investing, we need to invest in more conservative things initially, manage the extra money that comes to us so that we can know whether or not we should be leveraging our money or paying down debt. So there's a big difference between debt and leverage, but that's probably beyond this conversation. Yes. Yeah, so well, what we're trying to get across. Hello, you know, I'm a member of Unity or Unity Worldwide Churches, and our offering prayer is divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I give and all that I finish this idea of we give and we create that flow. And then I spoke with somebody just the other day, one of my clients, and we talked about that prayer and this idea that the more you give, the more you receive. And she said, yeah, that hasn't worked so far. I was like, you're kind of missing the point. So, Yeah. I had a woman who was working with me on tapping. Mm -hmm. And um, so she took the assessment, not once, not twice. She took it seven times. And I asked her, I said, why? You're obviously taking it over and over and over again. Are you unhappy with choosing or getting giver as your result? And she said, yes, I don't give. And I said, what do you mean you don't give? She said, I don't have any money to give. I said, well, if you don't have any money to give, is it because you give away your time and your energy and your expertise and you don't charge an appropriate amount of money in order to have money to give? And she was like immediately convicted because she was pushing money away as her relationship with it. So the giver, like I said, the giver was the distortion around which she was living her life. And so by taking a step back and saying with some honesty and some truth, she needed a certain amount of money. She wanted a certain amount of money. Define it. Now make the rate you charge people sufficient that it be enough to give. And then you'll have flow. And that changed her life because she was no longer seeing money as like this evil force. But instead she realized that it was force for love and it's when we hold on to it too tightly or we hold it at bay those are the reasons it's not flowing in our life is because we are treating it as an energy worthy of, of us receiving enough to pass on what we don't need and for many people in this kind of metaphysical woo-woo world charging an appropriate amount is a difficult thing because we have ideas of worth and this should be free. You know, this type of thing should be free, but we do need to charge what we're worth. And do you find that you're having to work with, I don't know, maybe some deeper, deeper truths with people? The deeper truths come as a result of really understanding how you relate to the world, right? So I know that I relate to the world as a person who wants things to be easy. Mine is, I'm a lever. You know, if we're talking colors, right? Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo. I'm an indigo. So if that's my relationship with my energy, it also is my relationship with money. I want things to be easy. Like people who don't know how to merge into traffic drive me absolutely bananas. (laughs) And, you know, I'm like, it's easy. Just get up to speed. The car behind you will let you in unless you don't trust them which is, that's a crappy way to drive on a highway is not trusting the people around you. That's stressful. That's really stressful. And so some people driving is stressful. For some people, money is stressful. For other people, just living their life is stressful. And that's an energy thing. And so 
my distortion would be a particular distortion built around leverage. Mm -hmm. If I want something to be easy. And if it's not easy, I will come down hard on the people who are making my life difficult. And so if I didn't understand this about myself, I might be a heavy, I might be an angry person. I might have anger issues and I might point at things outside me as the problems, but really the problems inside me. And that goes for each of the seven. And so the first thing is recognizing how you're wired, accepting it, but also accepting that the other ways are also legitimate. And so the people out there who do things a little bit different than you are not, not doing things wrong. They're doing things different. This is blowing my mind, Tom. This is great. <laughs> so where does somebody find this assessment? I don't want to take too much of your time, but I would like to ask you a few simple favors. First of all, please rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. You know, it sounds like a simple little thing, and it is, but it has a huge impact for us because it helps other people find us in the podcasting algorithms. I don't know how it works, but I do know that it helps a lot. Next, if you would subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe or follow, and that helps you and it helps us. It helps you because then you receive notifications when we have a new episode that's out. It helps us because again, algorithm, magic, I don't know what happens but it helps. And then finally, you can support our podcast in a tangible way by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast, and then click on support the show. Now we have a new feature too. We are now on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can also find the link to Patreon when you go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast. So on Patreon, for $3 a month or $5 a month, you can support your metaphysical and spiritual growth. You can learn about upcoming guests, and you can get early and ad-free versions of the shows. So please support us. This podcast is free for you to listen, but we have costs, and quite frankly, they come out of my pocket. So if you like this content, if you get a lot out of it, please see what you can do to give back. Thank you so much. So we have it at currencycamp.com. That's the best place to go to take the assessment because it's also the place where we have like some online training. So you can take the assessment. You can find out like that you're a saver. And then knowing that you're a saver, you can then go to sign up for like our currency camp boot camp, which takes you through a level of understanding. This is the workbook that we have. We were doing in-person sessions just prior to COVID. We moved into this great new space we call the currency. And um, we have this space, 15 people, so that people of different types can learn about their type and learn about money and learn about where they are, learn about the levels, stages of life. Anyways, and then COVID hits. So during COVID, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to see people live. So it's time to write the book. And so now the book's out. You know, the book is a wonderful way to learn all of this kind of in a, you know, at your own pace. Now, the currency camp, is that online now? There's pieces of what we would do in person online 
the, the problem for me is that teaching that class is such an interactive experience. And so we haven't gotten it back to the place where it's online and we're hosting Zoom workshops for people. We haven't made it back to that offering, you know, now that things have changed and people are doing more with Zoom. That's coming, but it's not ready to roll out yet. Is right. I, I am one person that I do have a day job <laughs> and I also would like to have a life. And your day job is Shepherd Financial. Yeah, Shepherd. Mm-hmm. You do any of this? Yeah, Shepherd. Yeah, go ahead. Shepherd Financial is the core business, and we've been using this assessment. The first thing we do is, who are you? Then we gather some information about where are you? And then we talk about what are your goals? Where do you want to go? And what that helps us do is not spend very much time looking back. I don't need you to re-traumatize yourself by reliving your money stories, your parents' money stories. There's this concept called financial therapy, telling us your story is, that's the psychologist's way of trying to get to know you. And ultimately, by getting to know you, they'll help you see the distortions. But we can get there in five minutes by taking the assessment. Then we can gather the information. We can know what the distortions are and why, because this is how you're talking to yourself and have been. And then we can get you moving in the right direction quickly. And so that's what we do at Shepherd Financial. Then the Currency Camp is a way to teach people to do that for themselves. So that's group financial planning instead of one-on-one or or couples counseling. And then the book is a way for people to do it on their own as well. So we kind of have these three different ways of trying to help people learn what's taken me a lifetime to learn and, and to pass it on. Yeah. Did you grow up having this financial literacy and this kind of understanding of how it all worked? No, no. When I first started having kids and I was training advisors, I had an interest in it. But when I had two little girls who were very, very different, wired differently, they think about money differently. One of them loves to spend it. She's really good at it. She has an amazing VHS horror movie collection. Why VHS? Because they're a dollar a piece. It's like, it doesn't cost very much money to have a VHS collection. This is my daughter. She is such a savvy shopper. I can't even begin to tell you. She's only 16 and she finds ridiculous deals. Right. So savvy shopping is a higher level spender. Then there's my other daughter who's a saver. And she would always have buyer's remorse. She would buy something. She'd get home. She's like, I'd rather have the money. She's also the only one in our house who can take a two-hour bath. She savers, you know, that's, we're sitting down watching a movie once, eating popcorn, and I had a big bowl in front of me, and she sit next to me, we'll watch the movie, and she goes in, takes out a piece of popcorn, and eats it. I go in with a claw, <laughs> shove it in my mouth. And she's like, why do you eat it that way? And I said, there's more surface area. I'm getting it's easier. It's leverage. So she's like, you know, if you eat it one at a time, you can savor it a little. And so these terms are not just money. These terms we use for how we live our lives. And so having two little girls, okay, it's not male and female. So the comparison wasn't about sex. Comparison was about these other energies. And then training advisors, you could begin to see that these two advisors were go-getters and were achieving tremendous success because they bought into the system. And then other people would resist the system and they would try to do it their own way. And they were more creative and they were trying to create ways to be successful. 
So we began to observe that in client interactions as well. You go to see this couple and one's a saver, the other's a giver. And they're having some friction because the giver doesn't want to borrow any money. And so they keep rating the savings and the investments that the other person's trying to hold on to. And so that back and forth becomes something that we can see. We can put words to it to help us to see it better. And then that seeing it better opens up the ears to what's the solution. And then we can help people get along better because they now are buying in to the way they are and understanding how that conflicts with the way somebody else is. And they accept each other. And then it becomes a same level of understanding that allows them to accept the order and flow of how things can be. You know, I hate to use the word should be, can be, but that's how all of this came to be is just observing it, journaling it, playing around with it, writing it on a chalkboard. Remember those chalkboards? (laughs) Vaguely. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just, seems all observational. I mean, I was just thinking that you must have studied psychology or at least sociology at some point. I was an engineer who also did classes in economics, psychology, sociology, but I also was a coach. And as as a coach, you're working as a a coaching team sports. Lacrosse is my sport, and it's a flow sport, kind of like basketball or hockey, unlike football. And so we have this opportunity to see how flow works and how it does. Mm -hmm. You can see where pushing too hard gets you in trouble, where easing off and going a different direction creates a flow that then when it's done right, is so beautiful, so beautiful. Right. Yes, I can see that. Now, also in your book, I believe you talk about a pattern of intentional evolution. Yeah. Talk about that. So at Shepherd Financial, our tagline is evolve with your money. Mm. And it, it means three different things. It means use your money personally to fuel your evolution. We use money to go to college. Why? Because we're trying to learn some stuff that's going to make us be able to offer more value in exchange for that, we get paid more. The key there is offer more value, then you get paid more. You don't just get paid more. But unfortunately, we don't teach that very well. (laughs) So there's three things that this means. Evolve with your money also means as money evolves. So if you're afraid of using a credit card, If you're afraid of doing something online, that your data is going to be exposed. If you're afraid of the evolutions of money, it will hold you back. And so we have to help you see the different ways that money is working in a modern economy and be accepting of it so that you can use it to your advantage. And then if it's flowing through you in that way, then you can give. You know, sometimes charity often starts at home. I have the wherewithal to help my daughter find housing that her and her boyfriend can live in. And it's time where up here, there is nothing. <laughs> it's really expensive and interest rates have risen. And, you know, so you're not just helping yourself, you're helping other people by getting in the flow and understanding how to keep that flow going without holding on to it too tight. That's hard because there are these other motivations, you know, protect manage and pursue are the three what we call motivations that go along with the seven natures that helps us figure out what type of person are you and there's 21 different types 
Mm. So evolve with your money. Yeah, evolve with your make, money. Make it evolve. You evolve. Stay up with the evolution. Well, this is a lot to think about and a lot to consider. I need to read your book from cover to cover and make notes and highlight and put flags in it and all this stuff. <laughs> well, some of the flags are already in there for you. That's why we color coded it so that you could first identify what's my nature. And then if you want, you can just go right to that, read about yourself. And by reading about yourself and reading about what's to the right or left of you, you write in those three sections in the middle of the book, you might be like, oh, okay, it's this. And then, yeah, I do that. And and then I come back over here and I do this. I do a circle. So instead of flow and spiraling upward, looking down on it looks like a circle, except it's not. It's spiraling upward. But sometimes we get into situations where we spiral downward. And that's because things are flowing in the wrong direction. Right. So yeah, as a Reiki master myself, I know that when our chakras are aligned, they're balanced, just like the cut tires on our car, and mm-hmm. they're not blocked, then we have that flow through the body as it should be. It sounds like money is the same way. We've got to have that alignment. Alignment. And the flow needs to be going in the right direction. And at 15, we actually know, we take the time to figure out what we want at 15. And then we have to go make the money. We got to go get a job. We have to create something and sell it. You know, we have to find something and sell it. So at 15, we're looking at what we want to spend and we're looking past that to what we need to earn in order to get this thing that we want. um, Because here's what happens. When we get older and we get a job, we start looking at how much money we make. And then we try to squeeze our life into that. And we stop thinking about what we want. We start to focus on just getting what we need to survive, not what we want to thrive. And if I don't get some of what I want, it kills my motivation to even earn enough to survive. Mm. So, you know, the saying, shoot for the moon. And if you come up short, you still accomplish something amazing. Mm. Mm -hmm. That gets lost. So people get so fixated on budgeting where they get so fixated on their bills that they lose sight of how powerful it is to actually know how much you need to earn in order to have the life you want instead of the life you got stuck with. Most people go through life looking backwards, not forward. In Peru, the future is behind us because they, at least they're willing to acknowledge that we basically go through life walking backwards. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? That's interesting. I hope we've said a lot of interesting things here today, but in different languages, the language is set up to help you try to have a perspective and give you context. But that context itself is a distortion of that culture. In other words, it's hard to think outside of a box. Like Hebrew is a very active language. You know, it wants you to act. It wants you to take actions. And so when we look at the story of, say, the Tower of Babel in the Bible, all the peoples of the earth were together in one place, and they were trying to build this amazing project. But honestly, the people who were building the foundation had very different language to define how important it was that the structure rooted firmly in the rock. You know, they had certain things. But as you go up, you have other language that is attractive to you. 
Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is we get to a point where we are speaking a common language, but we have different definitions for the words. That's why I use the save versus save. Mm-hmm. And if we don't understand the words, then we start to fight. And then we have schisms, and then we have breakups, and then people flee and go, and then they go someplace and they work with their definitions, and then they create the same conflict eventually. It's why there are so many different denominations of Christianity. They start to disagree. So the way to bring us all back together is to have really solid understanding of the way each of us value the world, acknowledge it as legit. And then there are these different legitimate ways to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's accept each other and accept that your way has certain strengths that I can borrow if I'm just willing to admit that your way sometimes is a good way. Think earner, labor versus capital. Labor versus capital. That's earner, worker versus investor. So you have to have an investor relationship with money. We passed a law in the 70s that was trying to give labor access to the ownership but you can't just give them access you have to teach them about it and so some people who do labor intensive work get what it means to put money in savings and invest it if i was going to write another book it would be earner versus saver you know that's basically catholic versus protestant you know these people think they can earn their way into heaven these people just have to be saved well you know what works without faith is dead let's come together let's figure out how these disagreements are really just language disagreements and then we can bring us all back together with proper language create flow and then we can move from one level to the next level and build the kind of world that we want rather than pointing out all the current flaws flaws will go away if we're moving in the right direction and accepting each other as somebody who can help us It almost seems like the design was to intentionally diversify humanity so that we would have specialists that could do the work that would allow us to accomplish what God Which is the moral of the Tower of Babel story. Right. Right. So again, it goes back to flow, doesn't it? In order for words to flow, Mm -hmm. we need to understand the meaning of our words. And there are people who want to distort the meaning of the words. Mm-hmm. remember the clinton hearings or trial or whatever it was it's like well it all depends on your definition of it what is is what is, is. <laughs> right <laughs> right and so i feel like these seven i mean personalities we could say seven mindsets seven energies of our financial nature also need to have that flow and i think it goes back to your title of your book money isn't everything Everything is money. We could substitute that with flow, I believe. Everything is flow. Everything is, yeah. I mean, everything is flow. Mm -hmm. There are lots of different things that have to flow. So that's why the DNA, the double helix, the DNA molecule is four core pieces. And they get put together. They get traded. So you have adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thiamine. These are the building blocks. And the same building blocks are time and energy to get money so you can have the kind of relationship you want to have with the world. And you do it. And you do it over and over and over. But it should be moving in a certain direction. That's pursue. Oftentimes, it falls back. So we have to catch it and protect. 
And the balance of those two is the management of it. And so there's a design in the book of life, our genes, that actually is manifesting itself in how we trade our time, our energy, and our money to get the kind of relationship that we want. That in a flow way, we can radiate much more love and value out into the world. Right. Yeah. And I believe that many of these mindsets we come in with have to do with the lessons that we've decided we wanted to learn in each incarnation. So there are many things we need to accomplish on a soul level, and we accomplish them in many different ways, including money and how we do money. Yeah. Our idea of evolve with your money acknowledges that you get to live a bunch of lives in this time you're here on earth. So those are the life stages. Shepherd Financial has a YouTube channel. There aren't a lot of videos there, but there's two that are really cool. One is superheroes where we actually compare. We look at which superhero has which financial nature. We built that one for kids. And then there's another one that is the stages of life. I tear up every single time I watch the stages of life one. Because at some point, you do get old enough where you have to admit that you can't do it all yourself. You have to accept the help of others. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you really accepted the help of others earlier in your life. The mantra I had to overcome was, if it is to be, it is up to me. Right. All of this and more has encapsulated in your book, Money Isn't Everything. Everything is money, a personalized approach to valuing and trading time, energy, relationships, and money available in paperback and ebook, looks like. So, Tom, can you give the most pertinent websites where people can find you and your information and all of the things you have to offer? Yeah, if I was a listener to this Mm -hmm. and I were to take away the most important next step, it would be go to to currencycamp.com, click on the orange box that says, find your financial nature and take the assessment. If your motivation is to protect your time and your money and your energy, you'll get a good result the first time you take it. If you're a pursuer and you want to pursue more and do this, you'll get a good result the first time you take it. If you're a manager type, feel free to take it as many times as you need to. Like the woman who got give her seven times, her motivation was definitely a manager. And so if you get your result, you're like, yeah, I'm not so sure. Well, then we know your motivation type is manager. Take it again. But that's how you can find us. Go to currencycamp.com, click on find your financial nature, take the assessment, and you'll learn something about how you've been making decisions your entire life. This is fascinating. And of course, you can find the book on Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and also on Indie, I think it's IndieBooksellers.com. The, so try to find it in the independent bookstores because that's supporting local. Tom, this has been really great. Thank you so much for talking with our audience and helping out in this way. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and take a topic like money and make it attractive to the people who prefer to go to their yoga mat to find value and solve problems. So, uh, Like you say, money isn't everything. Everything is money. Everything is that flow. And money is just energy. So thank you. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. 
to learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.